This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? Josh, just another one of your average run-of-the-mill, nothing to see here, weeks in the Premier League. What are we even going to talk about? It's just sort of like status <laughs> quo. You know, this yeah. team's going to walk the league. These totally. teams are getting relegated. So it was yeah. basically, we have solved FPL at this a bunch point. Of, a bunch of 2-1 wins with a late goal at the end. <laughs> Hard-fought matches. Boring nil nils. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we're going to talk, obviously, about all of the uh, the insane score lines and performances from game week four and then look ahead to game week five. But I did you I think you saw this on Twitter. Michael Cox, who is kind of a famous football journalist for yeah. his book, Zonal Marking. Yeah, he 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 tried to start a fire on social media today where he he tweeted, I realize a lot of people play fantasy football and enjoy it. But it's increasingly creeping into actual football coverage, both literally and because you can tell people are basing their opinions on players around it, and it's making coverage much worse. Hmm. So this is, on the one hand, everyone's welcome to have their opinion, and I I mean, commentary in professional sports is always hotly debated, and generally people hate it no matter what. <laughs> right. But um, So Michael Cox can think whatever he wants. But this is also the thought of just like, just say you don't like fantasy football. If that's how you feel, just come out and just just tweet. Yeah. Fantasy football sucks and I don't like it. Have some courage, Michael Cox. Michael Cox doesn't like us. We like Michael Cox. It's a one-way street of love. That's fine. You know, that's, that's fine. Okay. We're, we're, he's he's an insider, okay? He's the consummate insider, Brandon. We, <laughs> we're right. just, we're mere outsiders talking about fantasy in our little corner. And he deigned to make fun of us for that or, or complain about it or whatever. Uh, either way, it's lame. Yeah. All right. Let's, so let's do what we do best, Josh. And let's talk about fantasy football. And the great thing about game week four, this is the first game week of the season, actually, that has come to completion. I, I don't, I should rephrase that, Josh. That has finished. Um, by the time we record our typical Sunday night pod for your feeds uh, every Monday morning. So what we're going to do on this episode, 
It's very straightforward. We're just taking stock of FPL through the first, first, first four game weeks ahead of this international break. So um, I'm very interested to talk about this, Josh, because I'm really having a terrible start to the season, like a lot of yeah. good managers out there. Sure. And I need help. Yeah. I, I, you know, I was talking about this before the podcast. I mean, like, you know, the last couple uh, pods that we've done, we've it's like game week two was like, man, this is insane. Like, what do we like? What do we even do? This is like, we never had score lines like this before. And then game week three was like, oh, this is insane. What do we do? Never had score lines like this before. Uh, and then, you know, today Liverpool have seven goals scored on them. A, like a fairly close to full strength Liverpool side. I mean, they were missing Sadio Mane. Uh, I, I guess they were, they were missing Allison as well. So they were, they were, they were, they were down two, but they still had many, many good players, including their yeah. full strength defense in theory. Not to mention, it's probably less of a surprise that the shambolic defense at Manchester United let six goals pass. But I think I saw some stat that this is the first, this is the first day in history in the top flight in which both Manchester United and man and Liverpool let this many goals by. So it's basically a history making weekend game week four. And I think, you know, it, it, it was useful that you brought up the, the Michael Cox bashes fantasy sports thing, because I, I think there is an actual argument to be made that, uh, that we should be able to just enjoy the insanity a little more than we are. Like if you just, like if you just take fantasy out of the equation and you just think about somebody who is, who is not like a rabid fan of a particular club, which I think, you know, in, in most cases is, is not the case, right? I mean, you always have like your sort of hardcore element, but uh, especially at the Premier League, there's people who just enjoy watching matches or American fans who just, they just love having Saturday mornings, you know, come out and watch matches. And Or there's a huge population in England where the club that they've grown up supporting plays in the second division and the championship yeah. and they, and but the Premier League is the lead product. It's the one that has the most television broadcasts. It's right. the one that gets talked about the most. So for that person who has absolutely no connection to fantasy sports, they are watching, you know, like Spurs go to, Man to you know, Del Trafford and score six goals. They're watching Aston Villa destroy a team that almost broke the points record last season for, you know, for most, most points scored in the Premier League season. Like you are watching stuff that you have honestly probably never really seen before you know it's it's so extreme it's so it's so unusual um and you know especially the, the aston villa match i mean aston villa were a point away from relegation last season now they're scoring seven goals in a 7-2 win like yeah. seven goals is a lot without, without a red card involved in any capacity so yeah. Uh, how about this? Um, uh, this was a tweet from Adam Hurry, Football Cliches. Actually, he also randomly got a shout out, of, I think, last episode. But Boxing Day, 1963, in the top flight. Division one results. Blackpool, one. Chelsea, five. Burnley, six. Manchester United, one. Fulham, <laughs> ten. Ipswich, one. Leicester, two. Everton, nil. Liverpool, six. Stoke, one. A draw, 3-3, three, three, between Nottingham Forest and Sheffield United. <laughs> Sheffield Wednesday put three past Bolton, who scored none. A 4-4 draw between West Brom and Spurs. West Ham, two. Blackburn, eight. And another 3-3 three, three draw between Wolves and Aston Villa. You have to go all the way back to Boxing Day <laughs> 1963 to find a more yeah. hectic day in the, premier, in, the, in the top flight. Yeah, and that it's fun. I, I mean, like this is like you know this is like the people who don't like when the Golden State Warriors were, were not the Golden State Warriors, excuse me, the uh, 
Um, when the Phoenix Suns, when Mike D'Antonio first took over the Phoenix Suns, and they were scoring like 130, 140 points a game. This is when Steve Nash was there, one of his MVPs. And uh, and there were people who were like, well, I can't enjoy them like scoring all these points. And every match is like, every, you know, every game is super exciting uh, because they don't play defense well enough. You know, and you're like, well, but like just objectively, it's really fun to watch them play. Like it's really exciting. And like uh-huh. in the in the Villa Liverpool game today, there were some great goals scored. I mean, even even Salah's like his his second consolation goal was was yeah. quite good. And 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 to watch Ollie Watkins, like they really they really played well, and it was fun. It, it is fun. And you know, and I watched the the Spurs um, Man United game. I don't have any players in that match. No no fantasy connection at all. Every goal that Kane and Son scored was bad for me and even bruno getting a pen early on was bad for me but it was thrilling to watch something so unusual you know it was yeah. just it was so odd and uh, you know and so i was really able to sort of take off my my fantasy hat and you know mikey uh we have a if you basically the question the opening question here is just is it possible to enjoy the insanity and mikey used to say you know how do you make fantasy fun again after this um, and the answer I feel like came from, from a different producer, uh, producer, Matt, it's producers talking to each other, Brandon. This is very, it's very synergistic. <laughs> they are, they are uh, high, high powered individuals <laughs> in the corner, in their corner offices, these producers. Uh, but Matt said, uh, the key to MFFA make fantasy fun again, uh, is to remember that in real life is more important than FPL. And yeah, I think making fantasy fun again involves making fantasy less a part of your viewing experience. Is that, is that fair to say? Yeah, I think that's fair to say. And for me, what has become stark through these four first four game weeks is this is our 10th season playing the fantasy game. And up to this point, I think I always held this belief that I was somewhat in control. If results in my fantasy team weren't going the right way, I could change and affect change in my fantasy. You're the decider. (laughs) yeah exactly and this season is it has has just underscored the fact that this is a game that is well beyond your control and the fact that you ever thought that um you could (laughs) you could uh influence the outcome um now we're just letting you know that was never actually a possibility (laughs) that was all an an illusion so I, i found that that's helped me kind of get through these first four weeks is like oh yeah like this is completely out of my control to a degree yeah. now to, you could also to, to say degree. boy yeah yes to a degree you could you could fairly say wow brandon you've just made a complete mess of the season and you're you're by most measures a terrible fantasy manager um looking at this season so fair enough i i accept that yeah. criticism well, well first of all it's it's four games out of 38 right and you know that you're not a terrible fantasy manager because you have several many many good seasons right so there's really no there's no need to extrapolate you know as far as like it's just you know but i I don't think it's all i mean i I think that you know it's um i think that this was a season where you did have to um like take your chances a little bit and um and i think and it's it's blown up in a lot. I mean, I, you know, just the the poor son owners who have had him and dropped him and had him again. Uh-huh. And I, you know, I mean, it's it's got to be kind of misery inducing for him to do so well. When yeah. what did Mourinho say like last Monday? It's like he's going to be out for a long, long time. Or, you know, it was something like that. It was like very. <laughs> now, now Mourinho is about as dramatic as I am on our Twitter feed, right? Like I, <laughs> I've never like nothing bad has ever happened to me that I can't turn into like a 
you know, a, I, I, I turned into Hamlet, you know, anytime. Yeah. Like I, have I was thinking badge, Shakespearean you know? drama. So I'm glad we got there. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, he's, he's a, he's a little bit like that. He's probably my personality wise. I'm probably closest to him than anybody. And I, I don't yeah. mean that as a compliment for myself. Um, you know, but it's, it's sort of, uh, you see, just didn't really know what was happening. And I, I think maybe if there, if I can bring this back to fantasy for a second, um, the fact that this is happening every week now, that the, the, that we're seeing these kind of insane scores, yeah. means that you too, listener of this podcast, are going to have a chance to have somebody who gets 18 to 21 points, <laughs> you know? If you ever wondered what that felt like, don't worry, you'll get that yeah. chance sometime this it's not, season. It's not going to stop. Why would it stop? Like why, like, like the defenses aren't going to get better. And like all they've done the last several seasons is import more and more attacking talent into the league. Right. I mean, Rodrigo comes on for Man City. Rodrigo, the starting forward for the Spanish national team, you know, comes on in the 70th minute and scores a goal to equalize for leads at home to, to, to Man City. I mean, there's just, there's a lot going on and and it's just like, it's fun. Like it is super cool. that The starting striker of the Spanish national team came on and scored an equalizer against Man City at home. Like it's like, if you can't, if that's not fun, then like there probably, <laughs> there probably is a little too much fantasy going on. Cause that match was super exciting. It really was yeah. entertaining. Um, and I, I had Kevin DeBrunner blank for me the second game week in a row. Uh, but it was still, you know, it was still entertaining to, to watch. That. I think we, I think we need to talk much more about Manchester city later on in the pod. Um, and I captained Kevin DeBrunner this week and that, that went poorly for sure. Yeah. Um, but just one last uh, general piece of advice about having fun playing this game comes from FPL JMO. And he says, is making fantasy fun again, simply forgetting how your game week is going along with any aspirations of good, of good, of a good OR and just enjoying watching the goals fly in. So it's, it's just what we've been saying. Like we live in, uh, in a marvelous time. I mean, we live in a horrible time. Uh, if you look out your window, but <laughs> if you just look at your TV screen, wow, what an, what a marvelous time yeah. it is. So, um, I guess I'm just going to choose like JMO here to sit back and wonder at the amazing possibilities yeah. of Aston Villa, um getting yeah. a championship yes yeah, exactly spot. like like our, our our president caught covid okay i can't see my family like i am home all the time there are premier league matches on like eight hours a day and goals are flying in, in all of them like if you like that you have to find a way to make that fun you know yeah. and yeah so maybe we just drop the like maybe just make fun again <laughs> I don't know the, the grammar's right there, but that's, that's the new motto. Just make fun again, uh, create your own fun. <laughs> All right. So let's, let's take a quick break. We've got a lot of team. We're, we're going to go uh, through each of the teams very quickly and just do a stock up. Uh, stock down or or hold uh, assessment for all twenty teams. I think um, we'll we'll get into some really good fantasy stuff. We have some questions from listeners that we've peppered into that discussion as well. So we're gonna take a break. We'll get right back and talk about all twenty teams. Brandon, a quick shout out to our newest patrons this week. I'm just gonna I'm gonna jump right in and read them off here, Brandon. Uh, new Volkswagen patrons: Todd Brower and Stephen Conway. New Lords of Love patrons: Neil Head, Ross Logan, Oscar Scogland, Ryan O'Leary, James Kevin Whitman, Blake Atkinson, David Rose, Michael Cox, and. No, not Michael Cox. He would never do that. He hates fantasy. Excuse me, Michael <laughs> Michael Cobb. God, he's in my head now. Uh, uh-huh. And uh, Denanga Bandara, our, our newest 
uh, patrons. Thank you to all of the new uh, Patreon supporters. As a reminder, the Harvey Milk Mustache Cup kicks off in Game Week 5. You have a two-week window because there's international break. Two weeks yeah. to become a Patreon supporter. Pledge and get into that cup. The winner gets a custom sweatshirt from the Always Cheating Shop. This is a properly custom. We're going to do Yeah, I'm looking winner. forward to it. Just like yeah. collaborating. We're going to we're gonna have to have some brainstorming sessions about like, okay, let's get outside of the box. What exactly. do you want this hoodie slash coffee cup slash t-shirt slash yeah. I don't know what? uh what yeah. where are we going with this i think Sky's it should be line. a hoodie i think it should be a hoodie uh, that's um, what i'd want so uh patreon.com slash always cheating is where you can go uh you also get an extra podcast each week uh you get the weekend review newsletter courtesy of mini league mate that gives you the rundown of uh what's happening in the always cheating patreon league uh and uh yeah always cheating cup and uh, gaming five and then there are also t-shirts at various tiers and so on and so forth patreon.com slash always cheating and I just want to say Fantasy Football Hub. This is a great one-stop shop for all your FPL needs. Pay them a visit at fantasyfootballhub.co.uk slash always. And go to that URL specifically because when you go to our page as an always cheating listener, you get 15% off whichever tiered membership you choose at the Hub. Why would you do that? Well, because the Hub has a ton of great articles, podcasts, and videos Coming from the minds of some of the greatest fantasy managers managing an FPL today, they're sharing their teams and their strategies across all these different mediums. It's just a great place to uh, to, to meld with the FPL brain trust. Yeah. Also, you access all of the Optus stats, that hardcore data, and the hub has these beautiful, clean, pristine-looking, useful tools that synthesize all of that data into something that's going to help you make decisions week to week for your team. So yeah, go check them out, fantasyfootballhub.co.uk slash always, and go to that page where you can get 15% off whichever tier you choose. All right, Brandon, we're back. Uh, taking stock after four weeks, we are whatever that is, one ninth of the way through the season. Is that right? Nine, eighteen, twenty-seven, thirty. Don't ask me. Math, math math has never been a strong suit for me, my friend. Yeah, yeah, a little less than one ninth, I guess. Uh, but we're, we're we're at the international break. Uh, four weeks in, the uh, transfer deadline is Monday, uh, so that'll be it'll be nice to have that done because that has hung over a few things. Um, players like Hector Baron, it's like, is he? Is he going to hold a spot? Like, are they going to bring in? You know, it's like lots of just a little, you know, like what's going to happen with Mason Greenwood? Is he going to hold on that right spot? And now he may not, actually. I don't know if you've seen this Edison Cavani stuff, but that may. I have. Yeah. The the hilarious commentary today of like, wait, how much are you planning to spend on Edison Cavani when, you know, your your defense is. I don't know the well. Let let's save that talk for when we get to Manchester. Sure, United because yeah. that that it is wholly some, related to that team. It's like is he Ebra or is he Falcao? You know, that's that's the question that I'm, I'm uh-huh. curious about. Yeah. Uh, all right, so we're going to go through these teams very very quickly. Again, this is not a three hour pod, uh, and we're going to we're going to hold off on uh, the yeah. game week game week five preview until next week. So this is kind of this week's pod is taking stock at the first international break. So, uh, and I'll just, I'll name a team and then we'll decide if their stock is up, if their stock is down, or if we want to hold uh, and reassess later. So, okay. Arsenal. Yeah, yeah. Arsenal is the first team. Yeah, I think that Arsenal's stock is down, not because they're having a poor season, they've been getting results, but they're not scoring enough goals and enough FPL relevant goals for my taste. You've After game week yeah. one against Fulham, William looked like he was going to be a 
like the ha- could potentially be a James Rodriguez type character. Now we have James Rodriguez. So, and William <laughs> hasn't really done anything since yeah. game week one. Aubameyang yeah. has gone quiet. So Arsenal are just doing their IRL thing. Fantasy wise, they have become absolutely irrelevant in my opinion. Yeah. Kind of agree, to be honest. Uh, I I th- they had a moment there. I was like, well, maybe Rob Holding could be could be that player, but you know, Rob Holding didn't 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 get a minute today um, at home to Sheffield United, and so uh, Baron at five million might be the one player that I that I have in my mind. You know, Saka did score today. He's down to five point three million. But okay. do we want to talk about the player that I had game week one? It's just like the the crucible <laughs> of of my yeah. season of. God, all these players that come through your teams and then to see them light it up um, in game week four, a little heart, a little heartbreaking. It stings a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. And I I think, um, uh, you know, he's only started two matches, actually only played in two matches so far this season. He played well in both of them, interestingly. Uh, But maybe I don't know if it's because he's younger or whatever, but he's he's basically only getting minutes in, in home matches right now. Um, and then they play, they play away to man city, away to man United in the next two. So yeah, I think you're right. Stock down slash hold. I'm going to, I'm going to make it like kind of a hold because I, I think that this team will have its moments. I just think it's a little too unsettled right now. It's kind of, kind of like what you were saying, just a little uncertain. Who yeah. I have in this yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Next team is Aston Villa. We've got a question here from Bradley Rettler just to kick things off. Are Villa lucky? Or are they for real? So a total ass-kicking of Liverpool, 7-2. Ross yep. Barkley, the man, the myth, the legend, straight into the squad. Yep. Him and Jack Grealish, they're just like reliving World Cup 1966. It's just like <laughs> it's Union Jacks for days. Yeah. What's not to love about this team? And the, the reason why I actually picked Kevin De Bruyne as my captain even after all the wonderful statistical analysis of what Salah going to do without money on the pitch, was I was just like, well, I feel like Villa are good enough to keep this game close uh, yeah. with with Liverpool, and I I find it very hard to predict City versus Leeds. Um, so with KDB, point being is I'm very much rating Aston Villa right now. Do I rate them fantasy wise? I don't think you're going to expect those levels of obviously not, but um, yeah. consistent returns from Grealish and Barkley and McGinn and, and, uh, and Ollie, uh, what's Ollie his Watkins. name? Yeah. Ollie Watkins. Um, I just don't expect to see it. So um, I think it's a, it's a stock slightly up, but I'm probably not going to be buying that stock at the moment. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, Watkins, 2.2% ownership, 5.9 million price tag. He's kind of tempting. Uh, you know, he's, he's definitely worth thinking about. Um, I mean, it's, you know, this could be like almost like a kind of cheaper version of what's happening at Everton right now, where you've got a, you've got a remade midfielder and a young striker with some confidence. Yeah. Um, and I mean, he scored a boatload of goals last season, in the championship. Um, it's weird. I mean, it's, I, you know, it's like, how do you assess a player who just scored a hat trick against Liverpool? Like that's such a, he could have had more. He should have had four actually and hit the, yeah. the crossbar near the end of that match. So I think, uh, yeah, I mean, look I at think, these, look at these fixtures for Villa, Leicester, Leeds, Southampton, Arsenal, Brighton, West Ham, Newcastle, Villa could, you would pick them to score a, at least a goal in every single one of those uh, next seven matches. So maybe you could talk me into an Ollie Watkins. Yeah. I mean, I just think the whole team in general, seems like they're for real though. Um, it seems like the defense. You know, yeah. Right. 
defense is defense really Mings is, looks great. Uh, I thought, you know, Martinez had a, had a pretty good game as well. Had like one, one minor mistake, but you know, you're playing Liverpool. There's a lot of pressure on you. Um, I thought he handled himself fine. I think he ended up with like six, six saves or something like that. He did have six saves. Um, and yeah, so, I mean, I think that, you know, in cash looks pretty good. Um, I, you know, I just think this, this team is, is legit. And from a fantasy perspective, um, you know, I think Grealish is the one player I'm like, God, do I like, am I really going to consider Grealish? I mean, I just had this like a whole summer last summer where I held him for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and like nothing was happening. And so mm-hmm. I have to kind of shake that off a little bit. Uh, but he looked incredible today. I mean, he looked like the real deal and he's finally surrounded with players who can, who can create, you know, um, who can, like who can like capitalize on the chances that he's creating. So, um, you know, with like Keen Barkley linked up really well, as you're just saying, and Watkins too. So, yeah, so that, that is like as strong an endorsement of Estenville as we've ever had in this podcast. Let's <laughs> yeah, move on, right. <laughs> stock up before I change my mind. Brighton is the third team. Brandon, is their stock up, down or holding? Oh, uh, it pains me to say it, but because I kind of just, oh, you and I, we, I think ever since we actually paid a visit to the Amex to see them, take on West Ham kind of have a soft spot uh, for Brighton and they've when the season began you think all right Graham Potter's got one season under his belt things are starting to actually take shape they're looking yeah. a little stronger however the last couple of weeks I'm starting to think well it's just the same Brighton team and I I don't want to be fooled into expecting more than I ought to for Brighton so from my perspective while I think there are still players on the Brighton team to rate on the whole, I feel like their stop stock is on the decline. Yeah. I mean, Lamptey is interesting uh, because he keeps putting in this huge performance. He's got three assists already on the season. Uh, but then he also keeps leaving with injuries. <laughs> uh, yes. It's happened uh, twice already this season. Yeah. Uh, slightly dodgy hamstring. Um, I, you know, we'll talk about more next week's podcast. I have to admit, Brandon, I am on my wild card right now. Booyah. Uh, yeah. And I'm actually having a pretty good start to the season, but, um, it, it was really spurs that can, that convinced me uh, to do it now. And I, you know, I'm not a team value fanatic, but, um, basically like half the players on my team were about to drop in price and half the players I want are about to rise. <laughs> uh-huh. And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm going to capitalize on this early. I, um, I don't think the advantage for holding later on in the season was, was strong enough. Um, the only way this could really screw me is if some of those double game weeks that were coming later, uh, come earlier than we expect. Um, but it, it doesn't seem likely to me. Um, and for, for anybody who's on the fence about it, by the way. Um, so basically, you know, because Man United, Man City didn't play along with Aston Villa and Burnley in those first, um, that first game week, uh, they will have a second, you know, they, they will have to make up that week at some point. And most of the assumptions that that's going to happen and around like game week, it's like 18, right? 18 or 19. I think that's when they, people typically expect it to happen. Uh, so, you know, I know we're in the, the Brighton section here, but you know, just to, a, a very quick wildcard tangent. Uh, my feeling is basically that uh, I, I'm not, I'm not super precious with my wildcard. And I think I, you know, I think that if there's a chance to, um, to capitalize on some early performers. And for me, I'm just, I'm just kind of finally convinced on Spurs. Um, and I feel like they're, they're worth, uh, um, they're worth bringing in and just, and just holding because, um, it does seem like there's like, I, mean, I, I don't know. It's like, it's like Mourinho second season syndrome is uh-huh. like, you know, the, the, the good version of it, uh, yeah. is happening, but it's like, it's like localized to their attack. <laughs> like it's not happening with their defense. Um, but, 
it really does seem like it's it's working. And even that Newcastle match where nothing happened, it's really only Everton who now seem like maybe they're like the best team in the league. Like, I don't know what's going on there. Uh, it was only, you know, they, they look great in the other three. Um, and so that, that kind of got me to capitalize. But anyway, Lamptey is a player that I'm considering, uh, but I'm just a little worried about um, all the. What about Mape? Any, any Mape thoughts on your wild card? I mean, that if, if I were to say a star performer fantasy wise who is least likely to keep it up, it's yeah. probably Neil Mape. This this <laughs> seems like remarkably beyond. He is yeah. achieving beyond his capabilities, as far as I'm concerned. There are so many fun players for that for that like six million ish spot. Uh, I actually think I have the least fun one in Mitrovic. Uh, I think that uh, Callum Wilson uh, looked fantastic. Uh, Mape could be available at times. Um, I think, I mean, Ollie Watkins, right. I mean, he looked fantastic too. So I think, I think there are a lot of options uh, in that price range. Um, obviously there you have DCL who's slightly more expensive. Uh, Patrick Bamford, we didn't talk about him. He's only 5.8 million. He looked really good. I thought in Liverpool match too. I was actually, um, kind of unlucky to come up with nothing from that match. All right, Josh, we're meant to be talking about teams, not just strikers. So save your Bamford talk until we get to the L section. We've covered Brighton, Brighton, Burnley. Burnley stock is non-existent. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's a penny what stock. Happened? Yeah. What, what happened uh, in the offseason? It's just like they look terrible. Yeah, they, they really do. And they you know, they even got Tarkowski back for, for game week three. And so I thought, well, okay, maybe the, like they've – Maybe they finally figured this thing out, you know, but uh, yeah, it is, it is not looking very good right now for, for Burnley. Um, it's like, I mean, you know, Wood is actually another player who was in theory, one of these players to, who, who could be valuable in that 6.5 press range as well. But um, something, I don't know what happened. I don't know if it's because they like, they, they kind of slightly screwy start or, or what, but um, I presumably Deitch will figure it out, but it does feel like uh it feels like they need to like they need like some like like a uh, youth or talent or it's like all of these yeah. like Aston Villa just spent like a hundred million pounds like invigorating their team and Burnley kind of has the same they bought the Dale Stevens team. like yeah. that that yeah. kind of says it, it all says like it all. what yeah. what <laughs> what is the ambition yeah. there yeah uh, the the ambition is clearly just like to it. It's like a Newcastle club run by people who might be actually more decent than Mike Ashley. That's, but that still seems to be their level of ambition. Just, just keep the dollars rolling in and, and everyone move along. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, exactly. Like they know that they know they've got a great coach in Deitch. And so they're just like, he'll, he'll figure it out no matter what we give him. Um, Chelsea, interesting case. Uh, I, I'm going to, I'm going to start off with a stock down here, Brandon. I don't know where you, I know they just won four nil, but I am not blown away by what I've seen from Chelsea so far this season. Oh no, that was, that was not a convincing four nil win by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, uh, two pens by Jorginho just from some awful tackling by, by crystal palace. So yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Timo Werner. It's not, I don't even want to focus on Timo because I think he's just caught wrong place, wrong time, but he is emblematic when you watch Chelsea play, how he is covering every quadrant of the pitch. And I don't know if it's because he's not been told what to do, or if he's just trying doggedly to go find the ball, wherever it may be. But there is no game plan and they are getting whatever results they're getting just based on the sheer class of the players uh, that they have on their pit on the pitch, despite Frank Lampard. So yeah, it, it's, it's like their stock is down from an FPL perspective, just because we have no way of, 
telling which version of Chelsea will show up week to week. So what's the point in investing in them? Now, Pulisic is back. Is that yeah. is that something you would consider on a wild card? Just taking the plunge on a player who who looked sensational at the end of last season? No, uh, I mean the the real problem right now is I I, I don't think I, I I think I really underestimated wh- like what a team looks like without like a real number ten, you know. And they had they had Hazard for years, who's obviously a fantastic player. Uh, William filled in that role extremely well last season, and now it's like. It's kind of nobody, I guess. In theory, it's it's Kai Havertz, but he's not he's not ready for 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 it yet. And um, so you just have Timo Werner sort of running on the left with like kind of nothing to do. Uh, you've got Tammy Abraham, who is like I don't know how he keeps. By the way, I'm reminded right now, Brandon, of a Reddit commenter who said that. Um, who like just hated our Chelsea discussion on a recent podcast. (laughs) And I'm sure everyone like hates the section where we talk about their team. Okay. So just, yeah. Like if you were like listening right now and you would just hate what we're saying, like bear in mind, like I'm sure you do know more about your particular team. Like we have to be generalists here on this fantasy podcast, you know, there's, you know, so it's, I'm sure we're getting some stuff wrong here, but, um, but my own eyes, Brad, are telling me that there is no one to set up the play for Chelsea and everything that happens seems like it happens kind of by chance or, you know, Mm -hmm. like it's, I mean, just like you were saying, I mean, so Pulisic, like, yeah, he doesn't solve their problem though, unless like, Timo Werner is going to play as the number 10 now and Pulisic is going to play in the left. I mean, how did Werner and Pulisic even play together? Like, I'm not even sure I understand how that works, you <laughs> yeah. know? Like, I guess Werner goes back to playing up front and... Some kind of yeah. overlapping sort of situation. But then you're like, well, what about the fullbacks? And we've got this question from Chad Nyland who wants to know what to do with Reese James. And this was a pick like the, that you brought in Reese James for game week four. And yeah. now um, his spot is not certain. And Chilwell looked, um, you know, he was he was the standout bright spot for Chelsea in that Palace game, and and kudos yeah. to him, um, yeah. uh, fantastic performance. But Reese James is that that's a risk that I don't think you want to be taking at this point, just given of what course. we saw against Palace. No, I mean that partly inspired the wild card too. That was like that was like taking two transfers, like when you bring in a player and they've immediately lost their spot. It's like not yeah. only did you burn a transfer to bring in a non-playing player, but now you got to burn a transfer to take them out of your team. Uh, and it was like it was such a mess. And yeah, I think by the way, I you know I didn't burn what I, what I thought about doing this week. Uh, and this is like another reason why burning four for a defender is just so often a mistake. Uh, I was planning to burn four for DCL to turn Werner to DCL and then uh, turn uh, Davis into uh, uh, into Robertson. Yeah, into okay. Robertson. So I would have had a net interest. Like, so when, when DCL scores like five minutes into that Everton match, I'm like, oh my God, I've just like completely blown it. Okay. Uh, and then, but that, that's it. He ends up on no bonus points. Um, and, uh, and then Robertson gets a negative one. So it was uh, a total of five points uh, from, from them. But if I'd burned, you know, if I'd burned uh, my wild card, it would have been the equivalent of one point. Uh, or if I burned four, that is. Um, and the two players that I got, they both got two points because I had Ailing come off the bench, almost scored, by the way. Uh, okay, I so hope I got, people are writing this down. Uh, just, I know. Just anyway, so the, can... it's like a, it's a very long and boring story. But the point is, <laughs> it was a net plus three. Like, just not burning four was a net uh-huh. plus three yeah. on the game week. Yeah. Even though the two players only got to combine four points, it was still better than I would have had otherwise. Yeah. Well, pretty fair to say that Chelsea have a, a huge potential here, but we are not seeing it yet. Crystal Palace, though... I'm putting in that same camp of Brighton where I was dazzled by Palace the first couple of weeks. 
Yep. And now they are reverting to the meme for Palace, sadly, yeah. because I like the good version of Palace. Very fun. Uh, totally. But um, they they will remain FBL relevant as long as Mitchell keeps his starting spot. He has been a really good 4.0 option in your defense. And yeah. I think if you're on wildcard, he's still worth looking at. Yeah, uh, for sure. hundred percent. And uh, I mean, what I would almost be tempted to just spend 5 million on Gaita, you know, and just, and just feel a little more covered um, as far as my goalkeeper is concerned. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they have a great run coming up, so I'll, I'll make them like a tentative buy uh, because I think that uh, our stock up because mm-hmm. they really don't have a super difficult match until I guess Wolves away in game week seven. But other than that, it's, it, you have to go to game week 14 and mid December uh, before they really have a, a truly tough match. Uh, so anyway, yeah, just sort of interesting. I think that they're, um, I'm, I'm with you though. Like they have, I mean, you know, you can't concede four goals in one half and have people walk away yeah. feeling good about, you know, where uh, you are. Yeah. I do think Zaha's stock that was briefly up at the start of the season, just down given the, not, not to, um, it, basically there's just too much competition around that price point. We're going to talk yeah. about Everton next and Hamas Rodriguez and, Basically, that's a set and forget in your seven to eight million midfielder price bracket. So Zaha is like immediately pushed off the the yeah. table for me. So as far as Everton is concerned, um, I now have a triple up. I moved, I moved hard on Hamas Rodriguez yesterday, yeah. um, and it was after the Manchester City performance where. I mean, Phil Foden, I thought was one of the better players for Manchester City on the weekend, but. What is going on there? I don't know. And I'm looking at my my squad, yeah. and I've got Foden next to Daniel Podence, and and I'm just thinking, this uh, is not this this is not firepower. Yeah. So now now suddenly I'm tripled up on Everton, and um, I don't know if I feel great, even though Everton are the story of through game week four. I don't know if I feel great about that. So now I'm looking at Lucas Dean, who I still think is a a great fullback for uh, for FPL managers is probably going to be the one to make way because I just think yeah. position by position, DCL and James Rodriguez would be the must-haves for me. And Dean, I think, is an easy one to make way to be able to fund other things that need to happen in your team. Yeah, I mean, the the, pro- the problem with Lucas Dean is Jordan Pickford, really. I mean, you know, Dean yeah. does a lot of good things, but Pickford just seems like he's got a massive blunder like in every game now it's it's yeah you know it's i would of, also say yeah. watching watching them play this weekend one of the thing things against dean is actually james rodriguez because i was thinking well wonderful delivery from dean but james is taking so many corners he's on a, most of the set pieces yeah. any of that service that you might think that dean would provide as good as he has looked and i think dean has looked pretty good this season Hamas is just canceling out his fantasy contribution. So like <laughs> yeah. whatever upside there was with Dean, I just think there, it doesn't exist at the moment. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, it probably just makes sense, right? Like if you um, have a midfielder who can take those corners, then it's just, it's extra safety, right? Because your defender can, Lucas Dean can then become a covering defender or, or kind of, you know, stand 20 yards back, possibly get a ball from Hamas or just, or just be, you know, ready on the counterattack. Um, yeah, I mean, I cannot believe how good the balls that Hamas Rodriguez is sending in. <laughs> like, yeah. it's like the goals almost feel like they're just like a byproduct of 
of the other stuff he's doing. You know, it's like, I mean, that the goal that he scored, um, the, the first goal was created by Hamas Rodriguez, right? He like stuck a back, <laughs> back foot out, intercepted the ball. Um, yeah. You know, I think it was, I think the first one was, I know DeCorey was the second one. I think the first one was yeah. a Wobie. Um, and it was just beautiful. I mean, you know, like just he's moving like the, you know, what he's doing is so impressive that he ends up in these spots where he's just, there's no one around him, you know, because he's just discombobulating these, these defenses so much. And he's, he's just a really fun player, just creating chances. And yeah, I, I love him. I, I'm a total convert. So DCL, let's talk about him real quick uh, because he's just on, on fire. It's yeah. He, I, for the last two weeks, he's had sort of Giroux esque returns in scare quotes where he's still been doing the business, but small returns, especially compared to some of his compatriots. Peter Fluke asks, my only clear takeaway is that DCL is pretty essential. His prowess in the air is just too much. So um, I, I, I think we'd, both agree it's it's pretty cut and dry dcl is easy slot him in um are you alarmed at all though or he's he's not getting huge double digit returns in these these massive blowouts to be granted he did have a hat trick so i don't know what i'm complaining about i'm not really complaining no i mean he's um i mean to be honest he's actually not in my current wild card wild card squad um i i think he's a really good player uh for sure but uh, and he's very cheap, but I, I don't know. I don't like love their upcoming fixtures. Uh, and I don't know if I want to be doubled up on, on, on the Everton attack. I'm just not sure. I'm just not completely convinced. Um, and like, in some ways I'm just like, now that he's like 7.6, I'm like, I'm not even convinced he's a better asset than Richarlison in that team, you know, at 7 million versus 8 million yeah, for sure. But, um, not having him in my squad at all right now. I don't know. I, I don't feel like it's like a Jamie Vardy situation where you're just like you've just got to get on this guy i'm still not completely convinced maybe i'm like the last one on the planet i you know uh he's he's obviously in great form but um i don't know it just it feels like it's it's there's something about him as a player and peter talks about his prowess in the air there was something about his style where he could still get a goal from nothing and i think i agree like the fixtures don't look awesome for everton upcoming though everton look fantastic they are currently by the letter of the table the best team in the league right now so what's not to love and i think that he'll come through in moments where you might not expect him to so i appreciate your stance like on a wild card where you you have all the options but if if you currently have him like i do i'm beyond happy of course and i mean he maybe you know yeah for sure yeah um all right so uh let's move on to leads uh, I, I think they're, they're a big stock up, right? Wow. You're going to, you're just skipping over Fulham entirely. That, that is a <laughs> oh, straight, <laughs> straight all right. dish. All right. Just because I did it by accident, let's do leads and then we'll go back to Fulham. Uh-huh. Okay. So, all right. All right. yeah. So leads, uh, what do they have? I think they have seven points in the season. Now they are looking, uh, completely safe. I think feels like they're yeah. going to be a, a team that certainly stays up this year. Uh, probably stays up as long as Marcel Bielsa is there. Fun team to watch. Lots of good performances. Um, I actually think that Luke Eileen has like a little bit of Matt Doherty a couple seasons ago in him. Uh-huh. Like it's uh-huh. super, I like yeah, super attacking, really creative. Like, I don't know if you, I, you know, I'm, I think you're, I'm sure you're watching that whole match, but had that yeah. run right at the end of the first half where he just sort of like, it was like he nodded. I can't remember who, who I don't know. I can't remember who hit the ball, but it was like, he's basically like, I'm going to bolt like as soon as this, <laughs> as soon as the whistle goes and ended uh-huh. up, you know, one-on-one with the keeper, Benjamin Mendy had a terrible game. And I was like, you know, this guy just like, he's 
clearly got some goals and assists in him. Uh, has not happened so far this season, but I, I I love him as a player. I think he's a if you're on a wild card this week, I would absolutely have with Galing. Yeah, Ailing is great. I do wonder if Cleesh is the one to get just by virtue of the pens. And and I like mm-hmm. leads enough to consider investing in them, but I'm just not convinced where the best place is to invest. I don't know that they're going to keep a ton of clean sheets, even though I yeah. do like the Ailing shout. Uh, Ailing shout. Um, and then Bamford, I'm kind of like, well, you've got a very spotty reputation. Is this actually going to be the season that you figure it out? Yeah. So then I land in the midfield where I feel like the price point kind of suits my level of investment in Leeds as a club. And I land on Cleesh at 5.6. So that that feels best to me when I'm just looking at the FPL prices. Yeah, but I, I just think in general there's a lot of interesting FPL um, fodder uh, in this team. And um, Rodrigo... Has not shown it yet, uh, but he's down to five point eight million now. Um, I'm just—I really think that there's going to be a, there's going to come a time, Brandon, where a lot of us have Rodrigo in our team, and I think it's just uh, um, hasn't happened yet. But I think um, there's this whole thing about how Bielsa's team is like—it's like any new player basically has like a month where they've got to like whip themselves into shape. And I mean, you saw yeah. it—you saw it in the in the Man City match, right? Like they were just quite clearly like more ready for like the physical yeah. rigors of a premier league season. Uh, well, surprising. it's just like Riyad Mahrez was just beyond uh, awful in that match. And I mean, that, that guy knows how to obviously win yeah. a premier league campaign, but I don't know his, his mentality has just been so diminished. I think during his time at city and then, and then him and Mendy just were just crippling that city team but you're right Leeds was there to capitalize they played with heart they played with a game plan in mind and and they succeeded so yeah that's that's definitely something that points toward we this we will be talking about Leeds again and again throughout the season Fulham we've talked about them a lot in the podcast let's go back to them now uh I guess the first thing is just El Tigre, just to keep it on fantasy for a second. El Tigre says Mitrovic stick or bust. Uh, what do you think about Mitro? Um, it's a good question. Well, I, I think you leave, you sell Mitrovic. Uh, it's just like, it's an unmitigated disaster at Fulham. And I thought they like their performance against Wolves in game week four was obviously their best by far this season but i don't think that somehow it's miraculously going to turn around they have showed their face they've shown their face and if lookman is going to be your answer to this problem like god help you he had he had some decent moves he released mitrovic with with his beautiful ball however it's just like you've got to go these this is the worst team in the league and we saw this with norwich city where everyone thought well Pookie can score a goal against anyone. So at if the price is right, sure, let's just ride with Pookie. And yeah. it took us about a month to figure out, well, this is no good. The problem with Fulham is they do not have a Todd Cantwell. So without that, and maybe Lookman becomes this, but I highly doubt it. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's no reason to you to look at Fulham at all. So Mitrovic has got to go for everyone. Uh, Harrison Reed, who <laughs> kind of like earmarked as, hey, he's a great midfielder you'll never have to play well thank god because he has this mysterious knock and um i wouldn't even want to play him anyway so it's just (laughs) like put up the caution tape stay away 
I, yeah, yeah. I think I think that's it. We've we've talked about Fulham as a team uh, on previous podcasts. So I don't think we need to go on that too much. But yeah, I mean, it was actually super frustrating. I mean, in some ways, they played their best match of the season uh, this 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 weekend. Uh, but you know, it was also a, another losing match. And Mitrovic set up two players uh, for great chances, and in both cases, they kind of blew it. And you're like, right? It kind of doesn't matter how good Mitrovic is because he just doesn't have anyone around him. I mean, this like it's Scott. I mean, it's, maybe once Scotty Parker gets sacked, like they can do something different. I mean, like what's? I mean, no offense to him because I do like Scott Parker, but like just like the, what happens now is you know one of the like two players get the ball on one of the wings, and they kick it back and forth for about twenty five seconds, and then they send in some crummy cross to Mitro, yeah. and then like you know nothing happens, and you know keeper scoops the ball up, restarts play, eventually filling with the ball back, you know kick it around. It's another bad cross in. And it's like, that is the whole strategy right now. And it just doesn't feel like you want any fantasy assets for a team like that. Yeah. And just to be clear, no new manager is going to salvage this. They just don't have the players. And that was their issue coming up. They're a team built to play in the championship. And that, yeah, that's, that's the bad part of it. Okay. So let's move on one more team to talk about before we take a break. And it's Leicester city. This has been a roller coaster. My talk about weird. I know. Yeah. Uh, by the way, just uh, Ariola. By the way, for Fulham, did have a good game. I, I wanted to give one player on that team some some love. He had a pretty, sure. pretty good match. All right. So uh, Lester, uh, congratulations, uh, Ariola. Yeah, wonderful. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I mean, they did lose, but I thought <laughs> I thought he I thought he played. He kept minute. I mean, you know. So anyway. Uh, all right. Um, yeah, Lester. I would have felt really good about them uh, clearly until today. And I don't know how they lose three nil at home. That's such an, it's like, it's such an inexplicable loss that you're like, do you just write it off and like pretend it didn't happen? Like, is it, is it instructive or is it so fluky that it says maybe more about West Ham being better than we thought than Lester being worse? You know, I, I don't know. It's like, a, it's such a strange one. Don't you think they're flaky? They're just a flaky team. And I think this is, I, if I think, I think like like we were like I was saying with Palace and Brighton, you see these teams early on in the season reverting to the mean. Like we're, you're kind of going to get what you expect, and I think it's kind of the same but different with Leicester. Where I think this is what we're going to get for the rest of the season. In that, I have no bloody idea which level of performance they'll give week to week. And I mean to describe them as a flaky team, I think is fitting of uh, Brendan Rodgers, who's probably one of the flakiest. Um, <laughs> managers in the league yeah. right now, bless them. Yeah. But um, yeah. I, I think for the players you'd want to look at, like Jamie Vardy, I, I, I think that's just too expensive an outlay for a player who's heavily relying on penalties uh, yeah. to to get his halt. Yeah, um, it is so true. I mean, how many of his goals are in penalties this season? Is it like three? I think three of his five. Um, yeah. Um, it, I don't really know what else to say. I mean, I, I think that Harvey Barnes is kind of interesting, but again, he's, you know, I guess he had one goal that got chalked off for an offside today, but you know, it's, he's like this sort of heavily touted player, but he's kind of expensive at 7.1 million and, you know, only yeah. one goal and one assist in the season so far. And um, honestly, he's, he's played, you know, uh, 360 minutes and you might've expected a little more than that to be quite honest. So um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not hugely convinced. He is uh, Harvey Barnes is one of those classic players where he's betrayed by his FPL price. Like he was giving in sensational performances last season and it all made sense because you could get him in at what was he like six or 6.5. Yeah. 
just marginally different, but somehow it makes sense within a general fantasy squad price structure. But now he's at the point where he's still just as good a player, but he uh, he just doesn't do the same level of things with any level of consistency that other players around that price point do, i.e. James Rodriguez. So that's yeah. that's where you're left with him. Yeah. Uh, Castagna is the one player who I would want on this team. Uh, you know, it just he's got... Um, he's sort of a, a, a classic fantasy fullback. Um, will occasionally get just some clean sheets, but you're basically getting him for the attacking returns. And he's still only up to 5.7. It's not that much. So uh, he's he's a a wild card to consider. If I finally decide that I can break free of a Liverpool defender, Brandon, uh, wow. I, I okay. may end up with Castagna. But right now I, I can't do it. Uh, so let's take <laughs> yeah, a break. We'll actually talk about Liverpool in just a second here. All right. You've counted on restaurants, now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. I use DoorDash all the time, Brandon. Love it for the Chipotle. That uh-huh. is about a mile and a half from my house, just a little too far to walk. Too far DoorDash, to walk. A little too far. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be safely left outside your door with their contactless delivery drop-off setting. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off your order and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and use code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, that's code BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. All right, gang, the wait is finally over. Football is back. Whatever kind of football it is that you watch, it's all back. And you might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season, from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager on than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all those great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE, it's all one word, at betonline.ag. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Brandon, our stock up, stock down slash hold discussion continues. Uh, this, this is interesting. It's, it's fun to go through all these teams uh, and sort of get my get my bearings in order a little bit. Uh, it's obviously we're like we're not far enough into the, the season to have like strong, strong opinions. But uh, there's some pretty big decisions that have been made about some of these clubs. And I think Liverpool is one of the biggest ones. And yeah, yeah. And I, a couple questions here. They're kind of in the same uh, um same realm. Uh, Kyle T said, I know a lot of us wanted the season prepared to have Trent for the whole season. It's category I include myself in. Does this early goal rush tempt you to go five, 4.5, 4.5 at the back and spend the money on the midfield? Uh, FPL Quaka says, do we drop the l- double Liverpool defense? Uh, what does it take for a manager to change their long-term FPL strategy? That's a whole <laughs> podcast. That question. Uh-huh. Brandon. Yeah. But, but, yeah, I mean, for me, it's uh, on a wild card right now. The question I have for you is, is there truly, we're now, we now four four games of evidence, as well as, you know, last season, is there truly a significant difference between Robertson and Trent? Yeah, I think there is, 100%. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. I think the difference is like how does that translate to your FPL team? It's a slightly different story, but what Trent brings to the table is is just a little more sophisticated, I would say. Like Robo has decent delivery from the left, but he's just got that's what he is, that's what it is. Decent delivery from the left. Trent yeah. has incredible set pieces, decent delivery from many places on the pitch. He's just kind of the better player. If you're talking about FPL, uh, how much of a difference does that 0.5 make? And I, I mean, if you believe in form, I think mm-hmm. that it's definitely worth going for Robertson because the form is on his side. Yeah. Uh, if if you subscribe to the idea that you still have to go with the Liverpool defender. And I think like as a Virgil van Dyke owner saying this, <laughs> I would, yeah. I would underscore the fact that, if you want, if you think, oh, the way for me to skirt around this Liverpool defense is dicey question is maybe just go for the cheapest defender, whether that's Gomez or Virgil van Dijk, relatively speaking. Um, no, I feel like you have to be all in if you're going to play the Liverpool defense game. And what yeah. that means to me, it's, it's it's either Robertson or Trent. And at this point in the season, like. Uh, so I, I feel like this is a leading question, Josh. So now you're trying to make up your mind. Are you willing to, in a sense, downgrade Trent well, to Robertson? It's not, it's not leading in the sense that I know what the answer is. I mean, I, I'm asking, you know, I, yeah, it's, I, I think it's a question a lot of people are asking now. Like, I, I'm, I'm not sure that I know the answer. I know that for me, I came into the season feeling like Trent, I mean, honestly, based on last return, where he was like one of the greatest defensive assets in FPL history. Um, and now it feels like, based on and i've watched you know like most people who play fantasy i have i have liverpool players and i've watched every minute of their matches so far this season and it feels like everything's going through robertson it feels like he is like so central to what they're doing and trent is it just it feels like he's a little more peripheral it feels like he i mean it also feels like he's, he's getting caught on the break a lot more too and it's you know i don't know if this is because he had some kind of minor injury or something in the off season but he just does not seem as sharp to me as, as Robertson. Um, and he'll always have those free kicks, you know, and obviously, you know, just gaming three created a bunch of chances uh, and in that match. And, you know, I ended up on, even with the yellow card, he ended up on three bonus points. And so yeah. in no way am I, and maybe, maybe the answer is to have both even still, even if they conceded seven goals today. Uh, but I think that I'm just not sure that Trent is, uh, is that much more valuable than Robertson right now? And that, that could change yeah. later. But I think at the moment, I, it feels like Robertson at 0.5 cheaper is is kind of a, a straightforward pick in some ways. Yeah, I'd be, I would be tempted in your situation to definitely just lock it in with Robertson. And I think that's fine. I mean, the easier question to answer about Liverpool is, do I need to have Mo Salah? And, uh, yes, obviously. Yeah. Moving yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the only other thing is, is Mane, now that he's coming back from from COVID, does that actually make him like a super safe when he comes back? Is he like a super safe pick? Uh, you know, he's invincible now. He's, he's well, got he's, the immunity for at least a while. I mean, I don't know. He doesn't get injured very much and he's got, he, he, he will hopefully fingers crossed recover perfectly fine uh, from, from COVID. I don't, I don't think he has now, any symptoms. Yeah. This is a Mo Salah podcast and I'm done entertaining <laughs> this debate and you know, Mane, f- wonderful, fantastic, uh, world-class talent, yeah. but it's not happening for the record. I'm talking about having both, uh, ah, Ma- okay. Sa- Salah yeah. and Mane, which is a strategy I talked about last, like at the end of last season, I was like, 
are we, do we just overthink it and we should just have Sal and Mane just like the whole time? And yeah. pre-COVID diagnosis, pre-game week four, that would have been the best strategy. Those would have been the two best premium players to have. I mean, you know, I guess Sun is 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 kind of his own weird just below premium tier. But yeah, um, you know, certainly he's he's been more valuable than than you know uh Kevin De Bruyne or even Sterling on the season. Okay, so that's where we want to go next to Manchester City. So if Let's you're talking it. about if you're talking about going in on Spurs, I assume you have to be thinking about Sun. You're talking about a double up with Mane and Salah. What that makes me think of is when I see your wild card, you're not going to have any Manchester City attackers in that wild card. Is that correct? Uh, that is incorrect. I have I still have De Bruyne. I cannot bring myself to drop <laughs> to drop him. It, it, it's you know you know why it's because I have Ryan Brewster as my third forward and that uh-huh. frees up okay. a lot of. Yeah. Okay. So I actually was able to turn Daniel Potence into Sun on this wild card. Oh, which... I can't wait! I can't wait to get to uh, just stick it to Potence when we when we get to Wolves. So let's poor, let's poor put a <laughs> let's put a let's put a pin in that one. He looked so uh, good those first two matches too. But I yeah he looked he looked. I, I think I I joked on Twitter today like I. I, I can't wait to tell my, share my with my grandkids the highlight reel of uh, Potent's performance today. Yeah, well, I mean, your grandkids will have no attention span, so it's it's great <laughs> that it will be such a short highlights package. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, we have like, a we have a question here from Rake regarding Manchester yeah. City. With many players in the premium bracket and below getting returns, is it time to part ways with KDB? I think we should just expand this conversation to, to where we talk about. Sterling and uh, to a lesser degree players like Foden and Mahrez you have it is quite alarming like the drop-off in intensity um, uh, just momentum whatever whatever sort of descriptive word you want to throw out there and and then on top of that Pep just with this he's he's like Jack at the end of The Shining where he's it's like he's he's losing his mind He's just, he can't stop, stop smiling and laughing. And he's like, well, can, can you believe this? Isn't this crazy? Like my, these awful performances, who would yeah. have thought it? Yeah. Um, yeah. It, there are not a lot of positive signs in that city camp. Now, I think that, you know, going back to the Chelsea conversation is there are teams that will still be bailed out again and again, just because all of their players are incredible and yeah. um, super gifted. So I'm with you. KDB feels still undroppable and it's the penalty premier league sort of thing too or fantasy penalty league i got that wrong where that just that just keeps kevin de bruyne up right in that conversation given that he has the spot kicks yeah uh and the i I, the only question is is de bruyne versus sterling is there uh is there a case for for going with sterling instead uh i i I just doesn't seem wise to me as discombobulated as they are to not have any Man City coverage. I, they're just too capable of massive returns. Um, but I I don't know. I mean, I, I'm honestly throwing this to you because I don't have an answer to this. I mean, um, I don't know. I mean, Sterling versus De Bruyne, it feels like it's it's actually quite quite tight, especially if Sterling is showing a little more confidence. You know, his three goals in his last two games. I mean, it's, it's almost a shame for him that the uh, they're going into yeah. an international break now because he probably wants to keep building that momentum. I suppose it could come down to what kind of manager you want to be this season, where I think Kevin De Bruyne will be the more consistent FPL asset. He's he has the, you know, all the pluses in that column for a fantasy player with the set piece duties and everything that we were just talking about, where yeah. then there is Sterling, who is higher risk, but potentially higher reward. 
So is that the kind of manager that you want to be? And, you know, this is usually a conversation that we reserve for game week 29, where you're like, well, I'm (laughs) way behind in my mini league. What do I do? And then that situation, you're like, well, you get Raheem Sterling. You don't get Kevin DeBrenna. Uh, Where we are right now, I, I just don't, uh, I, 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 I'm still, I'm still with KDB. It would help if he looked good in these matches, you know? Like, it's like, I mean, I feel like I'm, I'm keeping KDB. It's kind of like, it's kind of like Trent, to be honest. Like, like it would help if they looked better, you know? And like Trent had a pretty good game week three. I, I will give him that. Um, you know, in his case, defense is part of the game and and he's he's getting let down there. But, but De Bruyne, I, I, I mean, the last two matches, I mean, I, it doesn't feel like he's just like putting chances on a platter for, for his, yeah for the squad. And they're just, they're just failing to capitalize. It just it feels like he's slightly peripheral. Like he's kind of maybe not playing in his, his best position, you know, and which it kind of isn't. Uh, but I, I wonder if David Silva being gone is just um, has really thrown this, their attack into a little bit of a, you know, tumult. Well, less him, I think it's them missing a, a true number nine that has really sure. impacted them because yeah. Sterling try as he might, like he can occasionally make that work for him, but where De Bruyne excels is when there are all these different runs flooding the box and he yeah. can pick somebody out and yeah. i don't think it matters where he is on the pitch for for that to work and just the way they were set up over the weekend where it was sterling and foden and mares across the fronts and yeah. uh, mares is just not that guy who runs in behind sterling can try and and foden more wants to collect the ball at the top of the d so they're just there aren't those runs being made for kevin de bruyne and i think that's muted him and i think you could really see how frustrated he was. So yeah, I'm less concerned about his form. I just feel like they need to get at least Jesus back for them yeah. to get purring again. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. And he's supposed to be back, I think on the 24th. So that would be, uh, I guess that would be game week six. Uh, of course, these are all just like, you know, you know, that far out, you're just kind of making a prediction, but uh, that's, that's the current estimate that's up on the site right now. So that would only be one more game week uh, to kind of stick it out. Um, you know, they do play Arsenal at home. And uh, as you said before, he's on spot kicks, which which does, uh, you know, um, work in his favor. But I love a corner kick taker, Joshua. You know I do. Yeah, and pens. You know, that, that pens are huge for him. So uh, it's huge for any, any player on pens this season is a player worth considering. Yeah. All right. Man United. Uh, I Stock way, way up, Brandon, as high as it can be. Uh, I'm sure. Uh-huh. Go on. <laughs> oh, my God. What a start. This is like, I never would have predicted them starting off this poorly. I, it, it's so, I'm, I'm so surprised. I mean, they, you know, even that Brighton match, which they really kind of won in the, the flukiest of ways. Um, yeah. Just a weird it's, one. It's strange. I don't quite know how to explain it because it's not like they came back not full strength. Uh, just especially the last couple of weeks, like they only could play the starting 11 that he would want to play. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, you know, he has to pick and choose with the center backs, but, uh, yeah. So what has gone wrong? And I just think if you look to a man, the performances just aren't as convincing as they were, yeah. uh, toward the first, for the first half of 2020. Can, so, I, can I throw out, can I throw out one, one thing? And this is actually like really like obvious and lame, but I, I do think it's worth like just talking about for a second, which is like, I mean, like the COVID happened, right? Like the COVID, uh, COVID happened. Like, like Paul Pogba had it. 
uh, Mason Greenwood, you know, invited a girl up to his room and, and mm-hmm. got, you know, and that just sort of threw things off for the team. And he kind of didn't, he probably didn't start the first match because of it. And, you know, even Liverpool today where they scored seven goals. I mean, how much of like Sadio Mane, you know, and, and Tiago getting the virus and maybe all of these players being worried they have it as well. Um, yeah. How much of that did like that? Like they're only human, right? It's like, sure. You know, like, it's a level uh, of anxiety that they're having to deal with while yeah. you deal with the anxiety of just being a professional entertainer (laughs) yeah and so i just wonder if that is i mean it just it's such a fluky thing for for the for these two teams to to concede this many goals and i just wonder if i know COVID is like a messed up training and 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 like a shorter off season all that stuff but i just wonder if they're like the on the ground like players of my team have this thing right now if that throws them off a little bit it may be and uh, yeah that that may be but something you you kind of think where we're where we're heading with this discussion is it seems like it is an emotional thing. It's not a personnel issue. It's yeah. probably not a physical fitness issue, even though I don't know if if Pogba had COVID-19, is he still suffering from effects? I mean, I assume the medical staff would make sure he was fit enough to actually play these 90 minutes. But I'm I'm with you and throw on top of that the organization is um kind of notably not like teetering at the moment you hear all this chatter too about bringing in Jaden Sancho and if you're the attacking players and you feel like you really earned a lot of accolades last season yeah uh like well why do you have to I mean obviously that's it's just business and that's how top teams keep developing as they bring in new and highly touted players but it's another emotional thing to hang over them yeah and they were they were it felt like they were such a tight-knit unit last summer maybe 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 too much so really i mean because there was there was really no rotation and they all they kind of burned down in the end but mm-hmm. um yeah it's like it, they just it's like they burned out last summer it was like that was like the best they could do and now and marcial i mean of, of course yeah did um did lamella make a gigantic meal of what he did sure yeah. but like what a, what a marshall like you, you can't do that like that's just you know come on give me a break like it was yeah yeah, I mean, Lamella was just doing what he had to do. He was just kind of like, and you could, you could see him when he dropped to the ground. It was almost like he was ashamed <laughs> in a way. <laughs> yeah, how slowly, how slowly he did crumble to the ground. He was just like, yeah. I, I just, it's just the way it's got to be, man. Yeah, and, like Juan, Juan Mata would have done that. You know, like even like players who like <laughs> everybody loves, like like when another player hits you in the face, like you are. Like, like you, you are obligated to fall to the ground and make a meal out of it. Sometimes it doesn't get called. Sometimes it does, but you have to, you have to do it. So that's violent conduct. He's out for weeks, and uh, yeah. Do you know when he's back, Brandon? He's back November seventh. Wow, <laughs> it's so like, far away. It's like over a month from now. That is, <laughs> and so it's going to take him what, like. I mean, I, I, you know, I, that feels like a, like a, that's a long way to, to like in between matches. Like I, I imagine he'll have to like take some time to get back up and running. And it makes me feel like that whole Man United team is just like stay away for several weeks, you know, like check yeah. back in at game week nine or something. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk again in game week nine. All right. Newcastle. Uh, what to say here other than the truth, the truth is back. Truth is back. He's on pens, uh, which is obviously hugely important this season. Uh, he is the focal point of their attack. To the, I was actually at this thought yesterday. It was kind of maybe harsh on Eddie Howe, but it was like, was it just more Callum Wilson than, than Howe? Like, like Callum Wilson is so good. It's like he is <laughs> uh-huh. he is making. I mean, St. Max had a pretty good game too, but 
like just like that guy is good. Like a team that has Kellen Wilson shouldn't be getting relegated. Like he was like, I don't know. I'm just like hugely impressed. Like he's basically going to keep Newcastle up this season and yeah. uh, he's cheap. Uh, I mean, I think he's at 6.3 or 6.4 million. Um, the Newcastle attack looks a lot better. It's not Everton levels better, but like, it looks like they look competent for sure. Um, I don't know. I'm sort of like, I, I mean, their, their defense is, is, you know, a little more of a wild card. Uh, I still think that Jamal Lewis at 4.5 could be, could be tempting, but, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I don't really have a whole lot to add. I don't have too many thoughts about Newcastle. Wilson is somewhat intriguing. I think St. Maximin. Yeah, I agree. He had a really good game against Burnley, but what we know, what limited things we know about St. Maximin now is that he is just a spurt player totally. and he'll have one game a month in which he looks really appealing to FPL managers. So I'm not going to read too much immediately in, into that performance. So yeah, that, the main takeaway is Wilson is a perfectly adequate striker to put up front in your team. Okay. I think, I think, I think more than adequate actually, but yes, I, I think he's a, uh, uh, adequate to good, Brandon. I'm going to give him an 8.1 in my <laughs> okay. 10 point ranking. All right. We'll uh, have to get the price. truth that the, the truth rotten tomatoes meter is going <laughs> to have to get involved in this one. All right. A couple more teams to go here. Sheffield United. Is there anything we have to say here? I guess Ryan Brewster signing is the one is the one piece of news. Yeah. I, I'm kind of like, who cares? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm so over this team. I was over them in the off season and if you'll allow me to pat myself on the back, I was just like before the before, uh, when we were doing our preseason coverage, it's just like I don't see how this team doesn't immediately get found out and how they can rise to the same level they did in the 2019-20 season. And uh, it's just like Stoke City all over the place with them. Um, yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just not fond of it, and I don't want to think about it. They're not in a great spot right now. Uh, they do play Fulham at home in game week five, and then it's Liverpool away, Man City at home, Chelsea away in the next three. So that Fulham match, a lot hinges on it. Uh, they really need to win that one and because uh, they're going to lose the next three. So, if they, I mean, they could be on, you know, zero to three points after the first eight weeks of the season, uh, which would put them in an incredibly tough spot. So I don't know. Yeah, but I, Ryan Brewster, um, I think I think at four point five million, I mean, he's really talented forward. Um, did really well for Swansea last season when he was there. Almost got them promoted. Um, and I, I think what they really have lacked is talent, like just like actual like attacking talent. You know, they're yeah. like a really well drilled team. Um, you know, they've been together a long time, but. They just need some like proper talent in there. And so I think that Brewster, the Brewster signing is really good. Yeah. Not to be super negative, but when you talk about needing talent, Brewster is the guy that you target. Like that's not good enough. That's not good enough for them uh, to achieve any, anything substantial. So I, I am unconvinced. Okay. Uh, All right. Well, let's, let's revisit the Brewster thing and, in a month or so, uh, you know, and, and see, see who's right and who's wrong. Cause uh-huh. I, I think that he, I think that he could be a valuable signing for them. All okay. right. Southampton is next. Uh, gotta be a little bitter on the Southampton thing, right? Uh, they looked awful, completely awful. And now they've, uh, I mean, McCarthy has 15 points in his last two. Um, and so their defense looks competent again. And it's like, where, where was this team game, yeah. you know, game weeks one and two this season. 
Yeah, I hate it. Yeah, somebody who started with KWP and McCarthy it, and got rid of them going into game week three, it it stings a lot. Yeah. That and seemed like the right move, you know. It did. And this was this was the window of opportunity these last two weeks of finishing off with West Brom. You look at the fixtures to come now for Southampton, Chelsea, Everton, Villa in the next three, and then Newcastle, Wolves, Manchester United, Brighton. I, I just think that the fixtures are getting a little more difficult. And the fact that if you yeah. got those defensive points out of Southampton, that was a fantastic deal. And yeah. now it's okay to walk away, I think from Southampton. Danny Ings is the other side of that coin where I'm like, is yeah. it okay to walk away from Danny Ings right now as well? I, I, you know, it's, I think it's really tricky. Um, what, what the right thing to do with is with Ings because, um, he's, you know, three goals on the season already. Uh, he's on penalties, uh, apparently. Um, I that feels like it's pretty locked in at this point though. Um, but at the same time, you do worry about whether he's getting enough chances and, um, God, you know, Shea Adams, is just like, if he can help him get some assists occasionally, or, you know, it's like a, it's a really <laughs> do something finishing. Yeah. Yeah. So Shea Adams has been a little frustrating. Uh, I, it feels like he it feels like this, this, we could have a different perspective on the Southampton team if he was finishing a little bit more uh, Adams, but um, yeah, I think Ings is the one player uh, to still consider. I think, I think McCarthy is fine. I think he's fine as a lot. I don't, I don't think any of the 4.5 keepers are good. Like I, I think they're all like uh, Martinez maybe looks the best of a lot, but none of them are like, mind-blowingly good you're gonna get a lot of zilch returns out of them you know so um so i, I think that he's totally acceptable as a, as a long-term goalkeeper at 4.5 yeah yeah that's fair enough so that that's southampton covered uh you you they they've they've shown a lot of good aspects but you do worry about the fixtures to come then it's your new fascination <laughs> josh tottenham hotspur <laughs> yeah so you are just riding high the wild card gets triggered mostly yep. so you can you can play you can play Kane and Son together wonderful yeah yeah i mean yeah we'll see how much i can lift. like everyone who's had them so far this season uh has like, like it seems like no one seems to have gotten it right like the only way to do it was if you just kept the four like if you kept those two and just never moved them and just kept the faith the entire time despite uh-huh. Mourinho saying that Son was out for a month or whatever so um yeah i mean they just have a great run of fixtures coming up their attack the, just like the, the like the way I mean Harry Kane looks the best he's looked in what like three years would you say I mean it looks like a like I can't yeah. remember the last time he looked this good on the pitch. Um, he's and, great. I mean, yeah. it, like the, his heads up style of play, like it'd be just the uh, the quick taking of the dead ball to feed Sun his first assist of the day. He is it's really impressive, like how how he's really uh, enhanced his 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 vision. Yeah. But I I do think I have to – so I may be eating my words with Ryan Brewster. I'm definitely now eating my words with Hoilberg. I thought Hoilberg was just this weird Jose Mourinho signing of like he just wanted a guy who would do whatever he was told to do. But I think (laughs) he has – he looked fantastic today against Manchester United. I think he's looked pretty good um, at all the matches that he's played. And I that's – definitely a driver that i think that they were were missing uh, so it's 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 all upside the stock is up with spurs yeah and i mean the one question now is what happens with orihe and uh and doherty what a weird situation that is uh like Aurier could not have played better today uh you yeah. know and, yeah it's a weird one and so and doherty has looked 
I mean, honestly, pretty terrible. Like ever since he's joined the club, not a. I just don't think that was a confusing signing to me. And I, I mean, Aurier is a crazy player, and uh, but I just think he was very well suited to how Jose wanted to play. So I just didn't really yeah. understand the impulse to try to replace him. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, I think there's going to be a ton of competition in, in that spot. And then your man Ben Davis, he's like, he's he's going to be Mister Europa League for the next few months. <laughs> I know, yeah, him coming on and winning a pen immediately was, uh, was you know, you never want your player. But it was, it was such a weird, I don't know, whatever, what a fluky thing. You know, he came on the 78th minute or something. Um, yeah, so the the defense is a complete stay away. I mean, the Eric Dyer experiment has to end soon, right? This is this can't go on much longer. Um, you know, even though everyone seems to think he's a nice guy, like it's just not working, but I, I just love the way that Kane and Son are linking up. And I, I mean, I think what's really appealing about them too, is that, I mean, look at Kevin, Kevin De Bruyne is, you know, just hasn't done much at all this season and we're sort of holding cause we know who he is, you know, and he's 11.7 million right now is what his price is in the game. You know, Hungman Son is 9 million. Um, it's, you're just not laying out as much cash and even Kane, yeah, 10.5 million, you know, pretty big price, but for a player of his caliber, 10.5 is like a almost it's it's a fair price to a bargain. You know, I mean, this is a player who has scored 29 goals at two different occasions this season. I mean, when he's at his best, he's at like peak Sergio Aguero levels, you know. So I think that um I, I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna take a chance on both them. And uh the way I'm gonna see it though, Brandon, is I'm not gonna make the mistake that everyone seems to make with these guys, uh-huh. which is to is to move them in and out. I'm not gonna do what y'all think I'm gonna do, Brandon. I'm just gonna keep them. <laughs> They're both going to get four week runs. Okay. Okay. And after game week eight, we'll do another pod. We'll see how it went, much like the Ryan Brewster challenge. Uh, We're going to see see how everything works out. But I'm not going to tinker after one bad game week. I'm just going to keep it for four weeks and see how things go. All right. Fair enough. So, uh, West Brom, a team that I have genuinely nothing to say about. uh, They have stymied me now two weeks in a row. You know, Uh I, 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 Kept Timo Werner on a wild card in game week three so he could play West Brom. That didn't go well. Yeah. I dumped Werner for Danny Ings this week so he could play West Brom. He was not up to the challenge. So uh, West Brom has done only one thing. They have made me miserable. Uh, but they, <laughs> but, but I, I, don't, yeah. I don't actually enjoy watching them, nor do I enjoy thinking about them from a fantasy perspective. Wow, those are some strong words. Um, I I think that Diangana and Pereira are kind of fun to watch. Uh, and that's about it. The defense is bad. Uh, Caleb Robinson is whatever. He's like, he's he's fine. Um, I they're 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 not boring. I would not I I would say that I I don't you said you don't enjoy watching them play. I don't mind watching them play. Um, and I like that they seem to have a little bit of cohesiveness in their attack. So like just from like a not like fantasy aside for a second, like just watching them play on the pitch can be sort of interesting. Um, and I thought like they, you know, they there's like there's like some playmakers in that team. But yeah, I think from a fantasy perspective, we can kind of just move on uh, to the next, <laughs> next team because um, they're even like they're, they're like even prayers like it's explained. It's just too much for a, for a West yeah. Brom player. Uh, all right. West Ham. Um so they have just outscored Wolves and Leicester by a combined seven nil. Uh, what is going on here? I need your I need your West Ham uh, breakdown, Brandon. Was it FP, was it FPL Stag, our friend Anthony, who tweeted that uh, 
David Moyes is like proving that working from home is just like the the way of the future. Uh, yeah, he, he won work from home. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, they genuinely have great players, so it's just great to see when it all clicks. Uh, I, yeah. I think Antonio is is probably a, a standout option. And after his his uh, great game against Wolves last yeah. uh, last week, Pablo Fernals, I was really excited to see him get on the score sheet against Leicester. I think like he is one of those. He is the Juan Mata of West Ham, both by <laughs> degree of how many how many smiles per minute he gives on the pitch. Just uh-huh. Looks like a just looks like a joyful guy, but he's also an amazing player. So. And I mean, it, it all it all kind of falls into place as an actual team with an actual um, hierarchy. With Declan Rice even be behind that, like wow, they have an actual spine, yeah. and they have players that are they're wide and central, and it all works. And yeah. if Aaron Cresswell is playing well, then we're all going to to win. So yeah. the the question then remains: Do I have the guts to actually buy a West Ham player? And yeah. somehow I'm not quite there yet. No, and I mean, Antonio would be the only one to really consider, I think, at this point. Um, it's only 6.3 million. It's pretty cheap, uh, but they, they've got a pretty bad run coming up. And I, I yeah, he, could he score in any one of those matches? Sure, but it still spurs away Man City at home, Liverpool away. Uh, just a really tough start of the season for, for West Ham. And so let's see. I mean, if they quit themselves well in those three or nick a draw or something like that, one of those matches, then then they've got a really nice run after that. Um, you know, they're, 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 I think they're going to be like a, a fun holiday team because everyone's so cheap on that team. So yeah, you can kind of load right. up on those players. Right, yeah. Team. And it's just like you were saying with West Brom where you're like the the – the good players on a poor team are not good enough to warrant those price tags. And then West Ham is they're sort of overachieving their price. And that's, yes, I agree. That's totally going to make them a team that we're going to have to come back to time and again this season, which, which is fun. I like having teams like this. Yeah, me too. Um, and maybe, maybe in West Brom, Brandon, maybe one day we'll, we'll, we'll look back at a West Brom and maybe I hope, and we have this oddly large contingent of West Brom fans that listen to always (laughs) cheating and our Patreon supporters. So, you know, sorry for being really uh, a real grump about it, but (laughs) I'm not in the best headspace right now. They need to win a match, right? They need, they need to, if they collect a single point, then we can, oh, they did. They did a way to Chelsea. So what am I talking about? They're already, (laughs) they're in one one out of 12, Brandon, they're doing fine. Uh, all right, so uh, final team, Wolves, a troubling stretch for Wolves, uh, even despite the win today. Uh, AJ says, uh, questionable rotation tactics aside, um, what's going on with the Wolves' offense? Sh- offense, I don't know why I said offense in that weird way. Uh, should we sell Raul? Uh, no, I don't think you should sell Raul because... Uh, I mean, yada, yada, yada class is permanent. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I think I think he has just been starved for the ball a little bit, starved for chances. And, you know, Neto and Podence trying to establish themselves in the team. It's just it's a different team than we're yeah. than we're used to the last couple of seasons. And that's OK. You yeah. got to change. You got to evolve. And I think over time it will come together. And Raul is good enough where when he gets his big chances more often than not, he will convert them into goals. I mean, it was really disappointing this week, uh, a clear breakaway on Ariola, who, as you yeah. were saying, had a had a pretty good game and he just, he just blew that. Uh, he's less concerning to me than 
like the rest of the team. I mean, the the potence experiment was kind of fun while it lasted, which was approximately like 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, he is so small. I just cannot get over. There was a moment during the match against Fulham where Den Donker was laid out and the medical team uh, came out and did con- concussion protocol. And Den Donker was set, uh, sat there on his knees. He was standing on his knees like dwarf style. And Potence was standing right next to him. And it was like Potence was the same height standing next to Den Donker, who was on his knees. And it's just, it's, it's alarming to see. I'll say it's, that much. It's weird. It's, it's weird just how it just does. <laughs> he disappears in the pitch. Like you literally can't find him. You know, yeah. he's like surrounded by players who are a foot taller than him. Um, yeah, that was fun while it lasted. But the, but the, yeah, the real problem is if, if he isn't playing well, then it really does seem to affect Jimenez because without Doherty as well, uh, they decided not to play Traore as some sort of – they were treating this like a preseason friendly or something. Like It didn't <laughs> seem like they were putting their best foot forward. It, I, it doesn't feel like – I mean, how does Jimenez get the ball? I know that like traditionally they haven't really had a great number 10 anyway, but like how is he getting the ball? Like who's giving – I'm not saying that Jimenez is a bad fantasy asset even, but like yeah. it does seem like – it's a little bit like Ings where you're like, well, he's going to have to make the most of the one chance he gets in the match yeah. because otherwise it's yeah. going to start for chances. That's the thing, right? Lee, the great appeal of ver- of of the best FPL strikers is they just get a zillion chances and they are by, by mathematic print mathematic principles, they'll convert one or two because they have so many opportunities. And then you've got right. Ings and him and his, yeah, where it's, uh, you know, you're, you're asking a lot of them. So it's a worry. So where are you at with Wolves on a wild card? Do you think you're going to pers- pers- persist with their defense? We were talking on the Patreon pod this week yeah. about how they actually rate pretty poorly when yeah. it comes to uh, conceding. Is it just on set pieces that they're conceding? I think chances? it was just like their XGC. I'm not sure what okay. it is after after the uh, um, what it is after uh, today's match, but it was it was like fourth worst. It was it was like surprisingly low um i think that I, i'm gonna keep safe for the time being i mean the, the concern is that if he's playing in this left wing back role does that mean that he's going to get displaced you know by my marcel when he marcal marcel however you say his name uh when he when he comes back uh you know kilman uh played I guess out of position. I thought he was out of. I, I don't know. He played. He played as a as a center back. Picked up three bonus points. Played well. He's only four million. Um, so maybe Kilman is the new Sace. I don't know what's going on back there. <laughs> uh, so I, I'm planning to keep Sace for now, even though he has not always looked super hot. I mean, I got two bonus points from him on the season. Sace has been one of my best performers. So um, you know, it's just it's just that that West Ham game was just so strange. You know, and he didn't play well in the Man City match either. Yeah, I I am concerned about Wolves. I kind of built my wild card strategy around Everton and Wolverhampton, thinking, all right, well, these are solid, solidly the two best teams without European commitments. And now I'm I, I'm tripled up on Wolves, and I am like I don't like it. I really don't. Yeah. And yeah. I think that they like what I was saying about Raul. I think that. Uh, there are aspects of Wolves that will almost certainly come good over a certain point, but it just doesn't feel like a team you want to be over-invested in. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the, I think that on the Everton thing, I mean, the James Rodriguez just changes things so much because you just have a, a world-class chance creator on the pitch, uh, which in theory helps the entire team. Uh, but yeah, um, Wolves, it does feel like there's like a, there's some kind of, um, they're, they're a team in transition right now. And it does seem like it's, uh, 
it's it's hurting them in fantasy. And so I maybe Sace gets dropped ultimately in my wild card. I'm not sure. Um, I I'm, I'm keeping him for now though, just because. Uh, uh, I mean, you know, honestly, if he plays as what left wing back, then that would be amazing. Like he would get a ton of chances. He'd be a great fantasy asset. It's just like. I don't know. Like, is he, you know, is he, did he play that well today? I don't know. I guess he played okay. Um, yeah. But it, yeah, it didn't feel like he created a ton of chances. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't uh, blown away by his performance either. So, yeah, just one to flag, one to watch. All right. Well, that is, uh, that's a pod. That, that's all 20 teams. Uh, that was a little, very much an international break pod right there, Brandon. A little, uh, a little all over the place. Uh, and, uh, we'll come back next week and we're going to talk about game week five. We're going to, we'll preview all the matches. We'll talk about captain picks, all that stuff. But for now, enjoy the two weeks off. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Uh, Brendan, do you want to thank our producer patrons? Oh, I'd love to. Yeah. Become a uh, producer or any patron at any tier at patreon.com slash always cheating. It's a great way to say thank you for what Josh and I do every week on always cheating. Our producers uh are trevor ingerson mike DePietro, chris howell andy penn martin savage brian t the big gaffer bobas coon jeff husby ben grant james holland jazz binning dave wagner lodal nick wright jim payne brian chin blair jacobson travis west victor's forward skoging paul hertzig kyle christine lalang andy portlock toothless gibbon Lindsay rostel anton markov at fpl merch Kerry Swanson, Brandon B., Paul Scanlon, Kieran Screeton, James Hurd, Francis Mann, Chris Carter, Blue Nose Stew, Producer Matt, Michael Uong, Brian Kerr, Alper Paxoy, Nicholas Verdakis, Nicholas Verdakis, Sam Schauer, Henry Baker, and Will Husby. Thanks, everybody. If you want to find the podcast on social media, just go to all the social media places and put in the put in the words always cheating. That's probably the fastest way to find us uh, or just go to Google. And if you just said Twitter space, always cheating, we come up very easily that way. So I would ask I would yeah. ask Siri, Josh. Yeah. Ask, yeah. Uh, but if you want to be part of the Harvey Milk Mustache Cup, another, one final reminder open at Patreon supporters at any pledge tier, even the very lowest pledge tier. Uh, and so that, that kicks off in game week five. So you have two weeks to join. Okay, great. Uh, yeah. Enjoy the time off Josh, which basically is this not really much time off for us because we'll <laughs> just us. be back next week. <laughs> right, so, right. um, cool. From the stress of FBL though. Yeah. I, right. I'm, yeah, exactly. All right. Well, see you Brandon. I'll talk to you soon. See everybody. Bye. Bye. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. 
Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.